Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. So now we know why Trump has been silent for nearly two days. Lordy, there are tapes. And lordy, lordy, there is an informant. Of course, Trump is silent. He doesn't know what to do next. And given his paranoia and his psychosis, he doesn't know how to stop thinking about who has sold him out. Amid the continuing right-wing rage, the collective Karening, the don't you know who we are? Trump is now in at least his second month wondering what the FBI has, not in those boxes, but on the Mar-a-Lago surveillance video they subpoenaed and collected. And more importantly, Trump is now in at least his second day wondering who the FBI has in his family or in his staff or in his companies or in his trusted management at his Florida compound. 
Late last night, Rolling Stone quoted two sources close to Trump as saying, quote, he has asked me and others, do you think our phones are tapped and has wondered aloud if there were any Republicans visiting his clubs who could be, quote, wearing a wire. This all started with Axios writing vaguely that paranoia was rising at Mar-a-Lago and on Fifth Avenue, quoting them, Trump world is abuzz with speculation about which close aid or aides has flipped and provided additional sensitive information to the FBI about what former President Trump was keeping at Mar-a-Lago, sources tell Axios. The key word in there is flipped. Newsweek, now a sometimes bizarrely far-right shell of its former great self, got to it first in a piece by William Arkin, who was a trusted figure at NBC News until three years ago. Newsweek reporting that the FBI execution of its search warrant for Mar-a-Lago was, quote, based largely on information from an FBI confidential human source one who was able to identify what classified documents Trump was still hiding and even the location of those documents, two senior government officials told Newsweek. And the key word in there is hiding. Finally, the Wall Street Journal wrapped it up, quoting, someone familiar with the stored papers told investigators there may be still more classified documents at the private club after the National Archives retrieved 15 boxes earlier in the year. Justice Department officials had doubts that the Trump team was being truthful regarding what material remained at the property. And the key word in there, key words, doubts that the Trump team was being truthful. Donald Trump has his own deep throat. Put all of these stories together and they are El Duche's biggest nightmare. Somebody close to him, somebody who knows where the bodies and the stolen documents are buried, is an FBI informant, a mole, a rat, a snitch who flipped. You want to know, I want to know, imagine how much he wants to know. Is it Jared Kushner? Even though for every minute of Kushner's six years in the public eye, he has projected guilt and he has looked like the slightly weird guy in every horror movie who turns out to be a cannibal, he has apparently distanced himself from his father-in-law in in the last year and is doubtful as a suspect. I don't think it's Kellyanne Conway, though she was the primary leak for most major newspapers and news networks, especially NBC, which, if you had not figured it out, is why they kept giving her platforms to bleat her pro-Trump stuff, because it helped tamp down any suspicions that she was anybody's source. We could keep up the guessing game for hours. Rolling Stone quoted one of its sources as saying, I'm getting a lot of messages saying this guy must be the informant and others calling for Trump to start doing phone checks on his staff. And Trump is never short of staff. It could be some low-level manager at Mar-a-Lago, somebody whose name we don't know, somebody whose cloak and dagger work for the feds began and ended with the tip that there were more stolen documents where those came from. Regardless, you can be certain that Trump has gone over every name of everybody he can think of and has probably decided he has figured it out at least a dozen separate times with a dozen separate names. The only human emotions Trump seems to have understood in his life are greed, fear, and what he considers loyalty, which is actually just the self-interest of others that merely happens to coincide with what he wants. The absence of, quote, loyalty, unquote, really the absence of servitude, must be eating him alive. 
And then there is this Mar-a-Lago surveillance video. We don't know if the FBI went and got a subpoena for that on its own or because the flipped snitch mole rat informant tipped them off about that too. Or most delightfully, if maybe there's more than one flipped snitch mole rat informant and this one and the boxes guy are different people. We also don't know how much video the FBI has. The New York Times had that element first, saying the Trump organization turned over, quote, a copy of Mar-a-Lago's surveillance tapes, which could be anything or everything. I lived in a Trump building in New York for many years, and they had 24 cameras just on the lobby alone. The Wall Street Journal seems more narrow-focused, reporting that the subpoena was received on Jan- June 22nd for, quote, surveillance footage from cameras at Mar-a-Lago and was turned over around then. That's six, seven weeks ago. And that, too, must be eating away at Trump's makeup-soaked brain. Who's on the tapes? What are they doing on the tapes? Is the snitch on the tapes? Is he, Trump, himself on the tapes? And overarching all this, the feds have a source near Trump, and news organizations have a source, almost certainly a different source, in law enforcement, who has snitched on the snitch. Because Bill Arkin had even more details in Newsweek that Attorney General Garland knew of the grand jury looking into Trump violating the Records Acts, but Garland did not know of the timing of the FBI search and was not asked for his approval of it. Arkin also quotes one of his own sources, who he identifies as, quote, a senior Justice Department official who is a 30-year veteran of the FBI, as adding that the Bureau timed its search of Mar-a-Lago to be certain Trump would not be there, would not be able to try to stop the search, and would not be able to turn it into a public circus. This whole secret maelstrom, which sounds like it could have fallen out of a John le Carre novel or maybe Tom Clancy, is, of course, a joy. And I really think it has accomplished the impossible. It has shut Trump up, even for only a couple of days, when he would like nothing better than to be paraded across America, lashed to a phony cross, and speaking for 17 hours without a breath. All of this, though, has not only shut up his endless self-pitying diarrhea, but it has kept him from making the search warrant public. He has the perfect right to make the search warrant public. He has the perfect right to quote only the parts of the warrant that spin it in his favor. And yet he has done nothing like that. And last night, his Florida attorney spokesmodel, Christina Bob, was asked, I assume you've seen the warrant. Will you make it public? And she answered, that's not my call to make I have seen the warrant. We all know whose call it is to make, and he can't say a word because he doesn't know who around him is now informing on him. Certainly some of the pressure was relieved on Trump when Trump got to a New York City courtroom and could play the martyred beloved king of all the universe. Trump has no shame and the concepts of hypocrisy or inconsistency only bother those around him. So what if he took the fifth more than 400 times in his, as it was beautifully phrased by the Washington Post, question and non-answer session? 
his deposition in front of the staff of New York State Attorney General Letitia James. In short, she is trying to convict his company on charges of misstating the value of its key assets, like its skyscrapers and golf courses, in order to mislead the taxmen and the bankers. It is, I think, noteworthy that the New York prosecution is a civil case and, as an expert in the Fifth Amendment noted in the Washington Post, while in a criminal case, the judge has to tell the jury they cannot hold it against a defendant if he uses the Fifth, quote, a decision to take the Fifth may be used against a party in a civil case if the party is the witness who refuses to testify or is closely enough connected to the witness. Plus, if you take the Fifth 400 times... 400 times you take five, somebody is going to make the obvious musical joke. Nancy Faust and the Dave Brubeck Quartet Classic, take five. Trump? So, we watch for more about what the FBI found and more about the Mar-a-Lago snitch, or at least more Trump self-destruction because of the Mar-a-Lago snitch. He doesn't get any more self-satisfying diversions this week, at least, like the rationalizations about the New York deposition. Trump did come up with some typical self-serving bullcrap about his inconsistency, referencing his infamous quote about Hillary Clinton staffers in 2016. I once asked, he said, after meeting with the attorney general's office, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question, etc., etc., etc. And then he took the Fifth Amendment 400 times. But of course, Trump is lying even inside his public rationalization. Per the impeccable reporting of the late Wayne Barrett, Trump took the Fifth long before he mocked others for doing so. And there is a lesson in here somewhere. Barrett reported that Trump invoked the fifth 97 times during just one deposition about his divorce from Ivana in 1990. Yet, we all know how that has turned out. Trump is still out here ruining everybody's life. And Ivana? She's buried near the ball washer at the first tee at the Trump golf course in Jersey. In Jersey, still ahead on Countdown, things I promised not to tell, and the day Chuck Todd and I had our final showdown. The baseball player whose phone came flying out of his pants as he slid into third base, well, that was funny enough, but there's a whole history of baseball players with stuff in their pockets during games that shouldn't be there. I think you'll enjoy this. And how long does a human pregnancy last? And how could a U.S. senator possibly be wrong with the answer to that by three months? All that is next. This is Countdown.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, you, you know, this is Countdown with, uh, you know, Keith Olbermann. Thank you, Richard Lewis. Just ahead of us, a little Chuck Todd story. Plus the news, the sports, and worst persons in the world, including the Washington Post. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Great news. Wally in L.A., the 13-year-old we mentioned last Friday, has been rescued, pulled out by a local rescue group. Amen. Today, back to California and Lucian, who is a handsome four-year-old shepherd mix, shiny brown and black coat, neutered, big smile, gorgeous eyes, found on the streets near DeVore, California, outside San Bernardino and in the shelter there. If you're interested, go to my account for dogs in need, Tom Jumbo Grumbo on Twitter to see a video of Lucian and get the links that will take you to the website where he is. Look for my tweet about Lucian at Tom Jumbo Grumbo on Twitter. And remember, shelter pets are the best. Thanks.
Coming up on Countdown, the Chuck Todd story, as I mentioned, plus the latest on the player whose phone flew out of his pocket during a baseball game and the long history of ball players and the stuff in their pockets that should not have been there. And in worse persons, how long does a human pregnancy last? Don't ask Senator Tim Scott. He was off by three months. But now, postscripts to the news. Some headlines, some thoughts, and some snark. Dateline, Washington. News last night that a week ago today on the 4th, President Biden was briefed at the White House by five historians who warned him that the American democracy is imperiled. For two hours, Michael Beschloss, John Meacham, Sean Wilentz, Alita Black and Ann Applebaum compared the current moment to the Buchanan presidency before the 1860 election and, of course, the Civil War and before the 1940 election as well, when Republicans were siding with Hitler and Mussolini or at best isolationism. And Franklin D. Roosevelt was about to break all historical precedent by running for a third term because he saw what was ahead. The two-hour session was accompanied by a massive thunderstorm that sent lightning bolts crashing to punctuate the historian's warnings. I'm glad this meeting happened, but if the president needs reminding of where we are historically, he has previously taken me to lunch to tap my supposed expertise in speaking with righteous indignation. And on this topic, my phone is on 24 hours a day, Joe. Dateline Savannah, that Georgia Senate debate that the confused bull in a China shop candidate, Herschel Walker, has agreed to, he will get the topics in advance. Of course he will. Georgia Public Broadcasting reported this last week, where it lay flat until the Daily Beast picked it up yesterday. The topics in advance, if you have forgotten somehow, the well-formed lie about debating pushed by Trump and the Republicans for six years now has been that the Democrats are cheaters because they always get the questions in advance. Now here, Senator Raphael Warnock will also get the topics too, but the obvious advantage is to Herschel Walker because, well, I don't know how else to say this, but he's a moron. I don't know if it's CTE from football or if he's always been this way. I do not remember him being thought of as especially mentally cloudy when we were both in sports. The arrogance and the condescension and the dishonesty, yes, that's old. The vapor lock, that's new. Topics will be provided to the campaigns prior to the broadcast, but specific questions will not, reads the agreement sheet for the debate, which Georgia Public Broadcasting got a copy of, so they will give Herschel the topics. Of course, that doesn't mean he's going to remember them. Dateline New York. This is not a big deal, but I thought I'd mentioned it here because it's my podcast. The Sunday New York Times book review asked me to review the new book by the great biographer David Marinus about the man who is almost certainly the greatest all-around athlete in at least American history, Jim Thorpe. Track and field, Olympics, college football, the father of pro football, played in the World Series, and he was a swell dancer. He won prizes ballroom dancing. Yet he was a Native American with a life reminiscent of Sisyphus pushing that rock up the hill for eternity. David Marinus's book is called Pat Lit by Lightning, which is a translation of Thorpe's Native American name, and I thought it was great. Anyway, I found out yesterday, to my surprise, that they put my piece on the cover of the Times book review. Now, I don't know why the illustration is of Jim Thorpe. Well, I do know why. It's just neat. Sue me.
This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. One story and one story only from the world of wide sports. And hold the phone. At last report, Major League Baseball has yet to make the call on Pirates infielder Rodolfo Castro. If you somehow did not hear about this nor see it, Google it. He slid into third base in Phoenix Tuesday night and something flew out of the back pocket of his baseball pants. The video is disappointing, but the still photo is great. What flew out of his pants? His iPhone. He says he put it in there long before the game and then forgot all about it. He put it in his sliding glove and blah, 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 blah. This was his first Pirates game after being brought back from the minors. Might be his last. Problem is, baseball has a regulation prohibiting electronic devices on the field or in the dugout, except for the league-approved iPads where you can look at video of your last hit or strikeout or whatever. Castro's phone may soon be ringing with news that he's been fined or sent to the minors. His career batting average is still under 200 anyway. This iteration of baseball pocket pool, a phone flying out of your pocket, is new. But the game actually has a rich history of players having things in their pockets that they should not have, and each seems to define the era in which it occurred. On August 3, 1987, at the height of era of pitchers illegally scuffing baseballs to get extra movement on their pitches... The umpire Tim Sheeta saw some deep grooves in a ball that had just been thrown by Joe Necro, pitcher of the Minnesota Twins, against the Angels in Anaheim. Umpire Sheeta went to the mound and took and inspected Necro's glove. Necro cleverly stuck his hands in his back pockets, then dramatically pulled them out and threw his hands out as if exasperated. In fact, that gesture was meant to help him get rid of the evidence. Another umpire, Steve Palermo, saw stuff flying out of Necro's pockets. It was an emery board nail file and a piece of sandpaper. He was suspended. Two years earlier, Hall of Famer Tim Raines, the base stealer of the Montreal Expos, admitted in a Pittsburgh courtroom that he had been sliding head first on his stomach on stolen base attempts because in his back pocket he was keeping a vial of cocaine. And in the Bernard Malamud baseball novel The Natural and the Robert Redford movie about it, fictional manager Pop Fisher chews out outfielder Bump Bailey for not sliding, and Bailey explains he couldn't slide, and he had a cigar in his pocket. Almost everything in the Malamud book, The Natural, was actually drawn from baseball mythology or baseball facts, including that story. Babe Herman was a lifetime 324 hitter who was such a bad fielder that he was traded seven times and sent to the minors at the age of 34. The legendary baseball writer Frank Graham swore that during an interview with Herman, the player pulled a cigar out of his own pocket and stuck it in his mouth and immediately blew out some smoke because it had already been lit when it was in Babe Herman's pocket. So an iPhone falling out of the back pocket, not very impressive, Rodolfo Castro. In fact, I'd have to be judgmental here and say you just phoned it in.
Still ahead on Countdown, remember when that one baseball player slapped the other baseball player before a game on the field and it turned out it was over an argument about their fantasy football league? Did I ever tell you I used to be in the same fantasy football league with Chuck Todd from Meet the Press? Things I promise not to tell coming up. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, the Trump non-campaign campaign. It has issued a video to rally the stormtroopers. I'm sorry, I can't read my own writing. It's issued a video to rally the troops. Media Matters for America discovered that there is an instrumental musical bed to it. And it is from a song called WWG1WGA. That is a song about the QAnon movement. The Trumpists are using QAnon theme music for their non-campaign campaign videos now. I don't know why this stuff still shocks me, but it do. Our silver, the Washington Post, the article was one thing, but the headline, quote, Garland vowed to depoliticize justice, then the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago. If you missed the implication there, they repeated it under the photo in the subheadline. Quote, Garland vowed to depoliticize justice, then the FBI raided Trump's safe. After seemingly every American journalism professor and obviously people at the Washington Post objected strenuously to this crap, the Post changed the headline to the story, FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago lands Merrick Garland in a political firestorm. And that subhead about raiding became the partisan outcry was the opposite of what Garland, a former federal judge, has sought in his 17 months on the job. Just a reminder here that every major American news outlet is owned by a corporation. And by definition, corporations are conservative. And right now, every major American news outlet, even the Washington Post, is postulating a Republican Congress and wondering how it, the corporation, can protect its profits under fascism. But our winner, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, I'm not going to say he's not smart. Of course, he's not smart. He's a Republican. But Senator Scott is trying to fundraise off abortion, and his latest claim is Democrats want women to be eligible for abortions up to the 52-week mark of pregnancy. Uh, Senator, a full-term human pregnancy lasts 40 weeks. 4-0. Then the stork comes, then then mommy and daddy go, go home with junior, Senator. 40, 40 weeks. 52 weeks would would mean that there's a three-month-old infant. Senator Scott must be thinking of dolphins. See, dolphin pregnancies last 52 weeks. Or donkeys, about 52 weeks. Zebras, 53 weeks. Some of them, anyway. Senator Tim, you know, walrus mothers carry their babies for 65 weeks. Why don't you say the Democrats want to have walrus abortions as late as 65 weeks? Scott, today's worst person... And the world! (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now our number one story in the countdown and back to my favorite topic, me. Things about my career, things I promised not to tell. You may be one of the many, many listeners who have complaints about Chuck Todd of NBC's Meet the Press. I know this because I can read. But it is unlikely that you have ever been able to do anything about Chuck Todd. So I wanted to tell you of the day that I did do something about him. That day was August 11th, 2019. I knew Chuck for about 15 years. Early in his career, when he was with the D.C. insider publication, The Hotline, he was a frequent guest on Countdown. And in 2007, when Tim Russert was thinking of hiring him at NBC News, mine was one of dozens of temperatures Tim took. As Chuck later wrote to me, quote, you certainly were a tremendous advocate and cheerleader for me over the years, and I don't forget that. Yeah, well, that wasn't true. He forgot it all right, but I'm veering away from the main story. In 2008, a couple of Washington political types started a fantasy football league. If you don't think fantasy football leagues are important, you should know that last spring, a Major League Baseball player 
in uniform, walked up to another Major League Baseball player in uniform on a Major League Baseball field with thousands of people already in the stands, and he slapped him in the face over a roster move that the second player had made in their fantasy football league. The second guy had managed to retain the rights to an injured player, and the first guy was upset about this. So six months after their fantasy season ended, this Major League Baseball player walked up and slapped the other Major League Baseball player. If slaps or duels or kidnappings are not everyday occurrences in fantasy football, they do represent the kind of baseline intensity of the thing. So when I and others were approached about this Washington-centric league in 2008, it was already a big deal, even before we were all sworn to secrecy because a spot in the league was being held open for some D.C. guy named Barack Obama. It turned out he did not join our league, some excuse about too much work, when obviously he was just afraid of my fantasy football skills. But some people in his White House did join the league, and I still will not identify them because the premise of this league was the first rule of fantasy football club is you do not talk about fantasy football club. I will say that Chuck Todd, like me, was an original player. We call ourselves owners because we are nuts, and it's a fantasy. It's in the title, fantasy football, fantasy football owners. And one year, I think it was 2010, I had assembled in this league, mostly by accident, a team that was almost perfect. It literally lost one game all season. And that was in the middle of the year to Chuck Todd's team. And the night after I lost to Chuck Todd's team, he was giving a speech, I think at the University of Virginia, and witnesses called to tell me that he began his speech by saying, I have much to tell you, but first I have to tell you that I am in a fantasy football league with Keith Ulberman, and he has a great team this year. And this week I upset him by a final score of 143 to 141 or whatever the score was. I thought it was pretty dumb. But by 2010, Chuck was the NBC News White House correspondent, and we all cringed whenever we saw he was going to be on with one of us on MSNBC. See, some people respond well to pressure and success, and some people do not. And some people become entirely different people. So when Chuck violated the prime directive of this fantasy football league and talked about it, I shrugged. The other guys in the league did not. Chuck was actually punished. The commissioner of the league ordered that he had to skip his fourth choice in the following year's player draft. Chuck was bereft. He believed this would destroy his chances. He apologized to me like every week, and finally I said, you know, guys, maybe this is too much. And as the supposed victim in the equation, I got final say, and Chuck got to keep his fourth draft choice. By 2016, Chuck was, because Tim Russert died, Tom Brokaw retired, and David Gregory flamed out, Chuck was the host of Meet the Press. He was also political director of NBC News, another part of Russert's old portfolio. But whereas Tim was a master who could convince the Republicans he was ordering that I be punished for what I said, when in fact he would be calling me and asking me what stupid, meaningless thing I could think of to tell the Republicans he was punishing me with or for. He was sublime subtlety. Not Chuck. No subtlety there. In 2016, Chuck was preparing to not name my ex-Libin girlfriend Katie Turr as the new NBC White House correspondent, even though she had suffered as the primary NBC correspondent covering the Trump campaign. And out of nowhere, Chuck emails me that he's going to be in New York and he wants to take me to dinner. 
I had known him more than a decade by then. We had never as much as shared pieces of the same pizza. I had not seen him in the flesh in more than five years. And I knew as we sat down that Chuck's idea was to get me to tell Katie that she was not going to be White House correspondent, so he did not have to. He kept bringing it up. What do you think Katie would think? And then I'd switch the topic to uh, fantasy football. And then he'd say, but let me ask you about Katie and the White House job. We did this for 90 minutes. And finally, I said, okay, Chuck, I've avoided it long enough. Maybe I could call her and soften the blow for her. And that's when he said, well, I'm going back to D.C. tonight. So if I want to catch that last train, I better leave. Bye. Chuck is not subtle. I'll spare you the other crap from the Fantasy League. Suffice to say, I was reminded of how annoyingly and obviously he used to conduct himself when I read that last May, one of Chuck's guest bookers for the now no longer on TV Meet the Press Daily show had emailed the office of Alaska Congressman Don Young, hoping to get Young to appear the next day, which would have been the ultimate great guest get because Don Young had died two months earlier. Anyway, this fantasy football league was fun and unique in that there had only been one change in its composition in all that time. Chuck's team defeated mine in the fantasy football Super Bowl one year. And mostly he was just annoying like he was on the air. Nothing worse than that. And then on June 19th, 2019, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... AOC ripped the Trump administration's migrant policies. She said, quote, the United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps, end quote. Chuck went on MSNBC and said the following in response, quote, you can call our government's detention of migrants many things, depending on how you see it. It's a stain on our nation, maybe a necessary evil to others to deal with an untenable situation, perhaps. But do you know what you can't call it? Chuck then played the clip of AOC calling it concentration camps, and Chuck resumed, If you want to criticize the shameful treatment of people at our southern border, fine, you'll have plenty of company. But be careful comparing them to Nazi concentration camps, because they're not at all comparable in the slightest. A lot of people, me included, were stunned. Ocasio-Cortez never mentioned the Nazis, and concentration camps did not begin with the Nazis or Hitler. They began with the British in the Boer War in South Africa at the turn of the 19th and 20th centuries. Yet here was Chuck putting a word in her mouth, and that word was Nazi, and then he attacked her for something she never said. He lied about her. He lied. Chuck Todd made it up on the news. I was furious enough to email him that night. I thought by now somebody at NBC would have pointed out that concentration camps and Nazi death camps are not the same thing. But no, NBC had simply tweeted out the clip of Chuck lying about the congresswoman and putting the word Nazi in her mouth as if it were something NBC News should be proud of. Chuck was furious at me. He emailed back, quote, come on, own up that she invoked the wrong image and should have simply walked the imagery back. And I wrote him back that the person who had to walk back imagery here was him, since he had said Nazi and she had not said Nazi. On my angriest day, he now replied, I'd like to think I treated you with more respect than this. Sad. I feel like we won't recover from this, and we had recovered from a lot. I wrote back to Chuck that we weren't going to recover from anything if he insisted that all concentration camps were Nazi death camps, and that somebody who never said Nazis owed somebody else an apology for what? Not saying Nazis? 
There was no getting past the reality that Chuck had no idea that he was 100% in the wrong here. Historically wrong, factually wrong, ethically wrong, not a leg to stand on. So I, of course, began to contemplate the year ahead in fantasy football. I couldn't face it. I'm sorry. I let real life and fantasy sports mix, and I just, I just couldn't spend another autumn having to deal with Chuck Todd. Chuck had often said that he was now just too busy to play in the league anymore, and he would have to leave it this year. So on August 11th, 2019, more in sadness than in anger, I asked the commissioner of the league if Chuck was coming back for the 2019 season. I don't know, maybe not, was the answer. I said, look, this is not him or me. I'm not asking you to not let him come back. It's not like that. But if he tells you one way or the other, let me know, because I just can't stand another year of him. He takes all the fun of it out of it for me. I understand, said the commissioner. It's a shame, but why do it if it's not fun? At 8 a.m. on the morning of August 14th, 2019, the official email notifying everybody of the new fantasy football season went out. I was not listed among the players. 19 minutes later, I got an email from Chuck Todd, subject line, it's just a game, content, quote, just play. I won't speak to you, and please do me the same courtesy. Grow the F up. And no, I am not editing this. He really wrote, grow the F up. I wrote back that I thought he'd become part of the problem that imperils our nation, and I didn't want to have anything more to do with him. I ended it with, quote, do not contact me again. At 10.13 a.m., he contacted me again. Amazing how you believe what you believe about me. I'm sorry for ever helping you get credibility. And I did not reply. At 10.18, he wrote me again. Again. I'm happy to never speak with you again. I'd prefer to pretend you don't exist. Don't make me care about you. Now, boy, when Chuck Todd asks you to not make him care about you, you are in deep and dangerous waters, boy. Another Chuck email at 1029. You are truly a tiny little man. I don't even feel sorry for you anymore. You have done this to yourself. And here I made a mistake. I did not ask him what he felt sorry for me about and what I had done to myself. I assume it was about losing the 2018 fantasy football Super Bowl to him. At 11.09, another email, quote, you deliberately misinterpreted what I said, shot first, and then rationalized the mistaken shot with some convoluted, full of bleep explanation. This presumably was the silly little detail about him lying and saying Representative Ocasio-Cortez had referred to Nazi concentration camps. Then he wrote that what she said, quote, evokes gas chambers, and I think that's where we should leave it. A fantasy sports league is just a fantasy sports league and having been in various kinds of them since 19 good god 85 i often wonder if they aren't a kind of therapeutic cathartic pressure valve for our inner demons i do know this you find out a lot about the other people in a fantasy sports league so when that baseball player slapped the other baseball player over the reserve running back that he kept on his roster and most people said I just don't understand why he slapped him. I said, oh, I understand why he slapped him. I've done all the damage I can do here for another day. This is where I ask you to rate and review the podcasts. Lie. Tell them it's great. 
The countdown theme from Beethoven's Ninth, arranged, produced, and performed by countdown musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. The other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. Our sports music, the theme from The Olbermann Show, written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my dear friend Richard Lewis. Everything else is my fault. And that's Countdown for this, the 582nd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.